He's got to hit them all. No, he doesn't. Not all of them. Oh, he can't miss now. Oh, he got to make this. He got to make this. Chef Curry cooking it up once again, but was there any doubt whatsoever in the NBA All-Star Weekend or the week, or should I just say NBA All-Star Sunday from this past weekend in Atlanta? Steph Curry taking the three-point competition. Demonte Sabonis with the skills competition. Just an overall fun weekend to get NBA All-Star back in a different form. Welcome to the podcast here. Pablo Iglesias along with Sandeep Chanduk. Sandeep, what a great weekend it was to, like I said, get some NBA All-Star weekend action back. What were some of your thoughts from Sunday, man? Yeah, I got I to gotta start with what you were talking about, Steph Curry. Like, you and I were texting as that, that three-point shootout was going on. And after Conley had his rack in the in the final round, which was incredible, like he had two incredible rounds, you, you were like, man, I don't know about this one. And I was like, dog, this is Steph. Come on now. Like, we're talking about the go shooter. And what does Steph do? Comes down to literally the last shot of the competition, and he nails it and wins by one point. It was it was sick, dude. So sick. I, I absolutely loved it. The energy, too. And, and I got to say, uh, this was this was an event that we very much knew was supposed to be a TV, a, a four TV event. Um, they did have fans in the, in the stands over at the State Farm Arena. But really, when it came down to it, it was more for fans watching at home. And overall, I think they did a solid job. I felt like I was decently invested in the game. Uh, the dunk contest, and we, and we can talk talk a little bit about that. That one felt so-so, but overall the atmosphere, but once again, we could talk about that a little bit more into the episode. But just overall, I still think that I felt decently entertained. I still felt pretty glued to the couch and just had a fun time, and that's usually what, what I enjoy with NBA All-Star Weekend or, like I said, with, with this time around, NBA All-Star Sunday. Yeah, definitely, man. It was um... – you know, it's, it definitely wasn't the same uh, All-Star Weekend we're accustomed to, right, as in years past uh, because of the pandemic. But, you know, for being home on a Sunday night, like seeing some of the, the game's best players out on the court, you know, whether it was the the skills competition, uh, three-point shootout, dunk contest, eh, like you said. But, you know, the game itself um, had some exciting moments too. And I think uh, overall, like I'm sure, you know, sports fans uh, in, enjoyed it. Absolutely. It was it was just fun. And as we talked about the dunk contest, though, too, great slate, just at least from my perspective, it's it's hard to get that type of general reaction without like a crowd. Yes. Like, for instance, like when we watched the games in the bubble during during all that time when there were no fans, that was entertaining itself because it was the NBA playoffs. But with a, an event like the slam dunk contest, I just feel like you have to have the crowd. You see it, and, and that's just like one of the big events for me for NBA All-Star Weekend because you have a full stadium, you have celebrities, you have the All-Stars there courtside. I mean, we see we see the memes galore, too, with everybody from LeBron when he first had his his, uh, his flip cell phone to last year with Shaq, and, and everybody had camcorders. Actually, no, Shaq had... <laughs> Uh, I was I was watching this on Sunday. Shaq actually had uh, one of those like uh, oh the the cell phone shoe. Yeah, Talking about that one, one of those where he had he had <laughs> the rig and everything. He he looked like he looked like a proud dad basically courtside in a, <laughs> in the three piece suit. So that was hilarious. But again, just going back to that, it just feels like slam dunk competition. Just 
it's it's something about the crowd. It's something about the energy, and and that's where the creativity just flows. I'd love to see these guys come back in a competition. It's just tough when you don't have a full stadium. Yeah, I think like the crowd definitely adds to the you know to the the energy of the event and the hype of it. And I think sometimes the crowd's reactions play uh, play a role into you know what score judges give out to certain dunks. And I like I think. Cassius Stanley's first dunk was the best dunk of the whole contest still. Like it was incredibly tough. And to come out with your first, the first dunk of the contest and to make it with something like that, like to me, that sh- that dunk should have been a 50. And maybe if the crowd was there, like it would have been because they would have reacted, you know, a certain type of way. But, you know, judges for whatever reason, game like a 44, which I thought was mad disrespectful. And Obi Toppin had like a nice dunk too, his opening one. Um, I don't know. Like Simon's like, I know he won, but like none of his dunks really blew me away. Like even that one where he had the ball, like he had the ball up on the the mini hoop and he grabbed it off there. Like, yeah, he, you know, he's athletic. He got up high, but like, I just like, okay, like you got some hops, like, but you didn't really do anything creative. You know, uh, it was, yeah, it was definitely different without the crowd and just other players courtside too. that are usually there to like hype up, hype up the guys. And um, it was definitely, I think, of the, all the events that day, it was definitely the most disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you that one. And we talk about the three-point contest. I would feel like I enjoy watching all of the all-star events. Don't get me wrong. Um, just the show that was put on in the three-point contest, though, that was that that was just such a ride. I mean, you heard it in the intro. Steph Curry, cook, Chef Curry, should I say, cooking it up, still showing that age is just a mere number. For, for Steph Curry this year, coming back from injury, winning his second three-point competition, and just sh- just being so fearless. <laughs> I, I mean, the man just is straight-up cold-blooded. Yeah, I mean, it's Steph, you know, and um, he's he's a great the greatest shooter of all time for a reason, and whether you're a fan of him or not, whether you're a fan of the Warriors or not, like there's no way you're telling me you were watching that and you didn't like start screaming or high-fiving the person next to you or jump up off your couch, like get hyped in some kind of way. Cause like, it's just at that point, it's just like, you're just watching like a basketball player at his, do his craft at the highest level, you know? And, um, but I was, like I said, I don't want to diminish Mike Conley, man. Like, cause he was a, a last, last minute add to the competition after Dame pulled out and also was, you know, played in his first ever all-star game. So salute to him and for him to make it to the finals and put the pressure on Steph, like, he was so close. It would have been a great story if he won, but it was exciting the way it ended. And it was probably, that was probably the best event of all-star weekend. Yeah. Tough one for Mike Conley, but I, I'm sure he's just still enjoyed being there too, for his first all-star selection, being there for the three point competition. Yeah. It's, it's just good. And just, unfortunately another all-star weekend loss for Utah, a team that has just been, not a lot of people are, are, uh, are super high on Utah, even though that they have a solid track record coming in or coming out into the second half. I mean, the top team in the top team right now in the Western conference and just looking good. And, and, uh, overall just, I think they're a sound team, honestly. They, they are like, they're, 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 I think they have the best record in the NBA right now. Um, they had three all-stars, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Gobert, Mike Conley, and they have a bunch of playmakers on that team. Um, but it's, it's great in the regular season, but it's going to come down to obviously, can you get it done in the playoffs when it counts and think about it like this, you know, if they, they match up with a team, let's say like the nuggets 
who has the best player in that series, it's Denver, right? With Jokic. Donovan Mitchell is probably like the second best or arguably arguably the third best, depending on where you put him and Jamal Murray, you know, side by side. Um, you know, let's say they're playing the Clippers. Now you got Kawhi and PG on the other side. Those two guys are both better than than Mitchell and, you know, and Gobert. And then obviously the Lakers got Braun and AD. And so like superstars, you know, the Mitchell is a star. He's an all-star, but he's not a superstar yet. He can definitely get there. You know, um, he's not there yet though. And so it's all going to come down to, can they get it done? Like I said, in the postseason, uh, because we know other teams got more talent and, even though those other teams might not be playing as great as Utah is right now. It's not about what you're doing right now. It's about what you're doing leading into the, into the playoffs and when, once you, and once you get there too. And that's absolutely true. And we'll touch on the second half in just a little bit and, and talk about some of your headlines from there. But as we continue talking about recapping the all-star game, just great stuff overall. And, and I really appreciate the format that they've done with, with kind of changing it. And, and personally, here's just my own take on it. I enjoy watching different all-star games, especially from the big four. When we talk about the NBA, the NHL, uh, the Pro Bowl is getting there. Uh, they're starting to try it out. Um, I, me being a big baseball guy, I love watching the MLB all-star game. But I always feel like the NBA, no matter what, from an entertainment standpoint, for an all-star game, really sets that precedent. They really set the entertainment precedent, and I think they've just elevated that with how they're trying to continuously get viewers back versus it just feeling like a blowout game where everybody's just shooting. So now they've incorporated, okay, the score resets at this quarter, and then in honor of Kobe Bryant, uh, whoever the leading team, whoever has that score, add 24, that's the game, and there's no time in the fourth quarter. We saw it last year in Chicago with that All-Star game where, yes, the environment added to it, but you had so many people just on their feet just waiting for how was this game going to end? Unfortunately, it came down to free throws, which thankfully this year didn't. But still, when we talk about that entertainment value, the NBA, I feel like, has heightened what all-star game feels should be like. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, the entertainment value is definitely there because you have all the top guys. Um, you know, you the three-point, obviously, three-point shooting has changed the game too. And so you, I think they said like, there was like 83 three-point attempts in that game, of which is like accounted for like 40% of the, the shots, you know. And um, now that they changed the format, you know, it, it, it has made it more, um, a little bit more interesting and entertaining. Last year was games was incredible. It didn't come down to it this year. Um, we can blame Kevin Durant for that, for drafting a shitty team. But, you know, uh, it still was a, it still was good. And we saw like, we saw Dame and Steph just, hidden from half court. Like it was nothing. Giannis went like 60 for 60 from the field, you know, and, and won MVP. And so that was dope. Um, so it's, it's definitely the most entertaining, but I will say, I think MLBs has like the most, like, um, how do I say like, I guess the, the appeal because it has significance behind it, right? Like whoever wins is going to get that home field advantage come postseason. And I kind of like that they put that incentive on it. Like, can you imagine if they did something like that for NBA? Like there would was, I, these guys would be playing harder. We'd see it. We'd see a, a full four quarters of like defense, probably mm -hmm. like it would, it would make the game even better. But then, you know, then it goes like, obviously you don't want these guys getting hurt because it is just a, a four fun game or get, you know, whatever it's supposed to be. So right. it's, it's, you know, it's something that I guess is a, a talk for another day, but the, the entertainment value is definitely there for NBA.
And not only was it great entertainment-wise, but what they're doing to give back uh, through different charities. And like what I saw last year in 2020, unfortunately they couldn't do it this time around uh, due to the COVID restrictions, was not only were teams playing for charities, but they had the charities represented on each end. And that was just fun seeing that on TV. I, unfortunately, I cannot remember both charities from last year, but I remember the Boys and Girls Club was one of them. And just seeing all the kids wearing their T-shirts lined up uh, sitting right right along that those baseline seats on the first level, that was just fun. You felt that energy, and, and you knew that the players had a different type of buy-in. They were like, okay, we got to win it because we got to win it for these kids. So this year's focus really came to celebrating HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, and and I thought it was a job well done. It was a it was a really they really knocked it out of the park from the intros to recognizing artwork to the scholarship works. I believe from what I've seen the numbers is yes, they generated somewhere around three million dollars for HBCUs. So that that was through donations and scholarship funds and everything. I, I honestly, especially and we were texting again through through the lineups and the intros and all that. Man, they're gonna be hyped up. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, the NBA now they they always do a good job of um, kind of being aware, you know, of uh, I guess the times and everything. And the intro was great. You know, the fact that they they have money going to charities is is amazing. And um, you know, you can tell that they they definitely try to like at, at least like listen, if not like apply, like you know, um, listen to the players and apply what they, the players say and like you know, be try to, they try to be socially aware, like I said, and, um, it was, it was great. You know, I wish, uh, I wish it was like a normal, a normal, um, all-star weekend. Cause uh, it probably would have, we probably had some good, like halftime entertainment pregame too, you know, even more so. Um, but still overall, I think it was a, a job well done by the league. So I want to put you on the spot a little bit. Cause it was more from what our conversation was. Did you like the jerseys? Did you not like the jerseys? I thought they were cold. I told you straight up. I thought nah, dude. were cold. What what do you got? What beef you got against them, man? What what beef you got against these NBA All Star jerseys, dude? Like Nike, like I'm a, like I'm a Nike guy. Checks over stripes all day, but like Nike's got to come with it, and that to me was not coming with it. You didn't. I I thought, I thought paying tribute to like or no that that was old. That was like when Reggie Miller was drafted. Like those those were. That was the the Indiana because that's where the All Star game was supposed to be this year, and we know who knows if it goes back to Indiana, that'd be great. But would love to also see what it's like full force in Atlanta because we just know what that city is capable of, uh, different type of rich history, all of that stuff. Um, and, and I mean, we even were there in Atlanta just in general. All the city has to offer. It's such a great place, such a cool place, and I'm sure they would also knock it out of the park if they had the full capabilities to have an all-star weekend. But man, I'm just saying maybe, maybe it's just cause Zach was in the game and I just felt a little bit more, uh, a little bit more inclined. I'm like, man, I love these jerseys just cause I like seeing Zach in it, but that's just me, man. I like them a lot. Pablo, come on, man. You got more swag than that. I seen you. I seen what you wear. Like you got, you got style, man. I know you come on. You can't be telling me you were feeling those jerseys, dog. Come on. Well, I, I got last year's Jersey. I, I, and also cause it's from Chicago. So, um, I didn't know if I wanted the blue or the red. I ended up, Actually, part of why I got it was because it was on sale. So I was like, man, this is a good deal. This is a Westbrook jersey. Hey, you got to get them plugs, bro. Exactly. Always got to get them plugs. Exactly. So I, it was like, it was on sale. So I was like, I got a red, I got a red authentic uh, jersey. So I, and it's sweet. And like I said, Russ is Russ. I mean, he's he's going to be. You got, a, you got a Westbrook player. one? Yeah, that's what it is. It's a Westbrook one. That's That was the best deal that I had. Man. Oh, are you going to roast me now? I hope you don't. Uh, 
Yeah, I hope you don't wear that when you hoop because you're gonna you're gonna get brick after brick after brick. <laughs> Line drive it. That's it. I, that's how I feel like all he does. I mean, it's just like that's that's just what a shot is like. He sprints down the court, and then all of a sudden he'll like he'll pull up for a mid range J, and it'll either be a a brick or it'll be like a bank shot that just like his his stop and pop it. game at mid range is is incredible. Like mm-hmm. he's coming down like a hundred miles per hour, and he stops on a dime, and you just see him like boom, elevates straight up, and like. That shot has always been money for him. It's just yeah. once he steps out to the perimeter is when, you know, the tears start rolling out of uh, my eyes. He is electric. I mean, I'll give him that. There's nothing. I won't wear it on the court just because I know it's going to be Brick City, enough bricks to build a house uh, for sure. <laughs> but I I will promise you that I won't do that. But it is still cold to rock once in a while. So, I mean, I just got to leave it at that. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Well, as we wrap up, too, I mean, one of my favorite moments was, you know, Sandeep, we, we felt like that, yeah, the game was fun, but it wasn't, like, the exact same feel. There were a lot more threes. I mean, everyone, Zion missed so many dunks, too. Actually, let's jump on that Dude. real quick. <laughs> that is that is literally, like, his time to shine. Nobody's playing defense. You have a clear court. I also don't understand why Zach First Levine. First all-star game. Yeah, exactly. I also don't understand why Zach Levine didn't try to drive. He kept shooting, which I admire. Like, I don't mind that he kept shooting. I think he finished with, like, 13 points. But mm. legit, man, there are so many chances. You could probably, like, even, like, on a five-on-five, everybody would clear out the way in ISO, and you could do, like, a 360. Why didn't we see that? I, I don't – I was just so frustrated that he kept missing dunks, dude. Dude, yeah, it's like you're – he's like the the like the, the phenom of the NBA, right? Like the first, like, quote-unquote, like LeBron James type of player since, you know, coming out of – coming into the draft, like in regards to, like, the hype that was around him. And he's having a great year. Like he, he's an all-star for the first time. He's averaging, like, 25 points and shooting, like, over 60%. Like he's – the first player to be on pace to do that, I think in like, in like 25 or like 30 years. And he misses like four dunks in like the first quarter so as a starter too. And I'm like, I'm like, he's fake. The hype is over. <laughs> oh, that's this it. all-star game just, it exposed him. <laughs> that's it. So, so you're throwing, you're throwing in the towel on Zion Williamson. I, I dropped him in all my fantasy leagues. <laughs> no, no. After after an atrocious all-star performance, I have dropped him. I put him on wafers. Not that. Oh my god, it's hilarious. Well, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it well, was uh, he had he had some good moments. It would have been nice to see him get the ball like on a fast break and throw it on like a windmill or something, though. Exactly. Well, and I'm sure just first all-star selection. We're gonna see more. Hopefully, we can see him in a dunk contest too, because that that would man, be yeah. a, a, amazing. Because we know he's got it in the team. Maybe. Maybe maybe Zion is playing is playing chess, not checkers, and because there was no fans, he's like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm doing this when the fans are back, you know. So he knows. He knows. I feel like he'll give us at least he'll give us at least one. He knows, man, and, and and definitely more to come too. And as we talk about how things ended in the All Star game, nearly half court shot. Right? What was it? Dame pulling up like somewhere it was like a 45 footer or something, just draining it. Just a Dame. You, yeah, exactly. Dollar Dame right there, just pulling up, just like he did in front of Paul George, who. They were on the same team too, weren't they? Yeah, did you see did you see what Paul George said after the game too? No, I didn't hear what Paul George said. What did he say? So they were talking about like I don't know if a reporter asked him, but somehow it came up and he you know, he was talking about he's like, Man, he's like watching uh you know, Steph and Dame hit those shots. He's like, you know, it was incredible. He's like, People people were right to criticize me when I said that that sh- that shot that Dame hit over me was a bad shot because clearly it's not like, you know, I 
I see why people criticize me. So shouts out to Paul George, man. I like the rare win for Paul George. I'll give him his, I'll give him his uh, his credit for for taking the L on that one. Yeah, that's that's uh that's playoff P right there. You don't uh you don't disrespect playoff P. Man, I remember 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 when he said that and everybody like on the TNT panel was roast, especially Chuck. Chuck being like, that's me like he's like, that's like me saying I'm champion I'm championship C. I I'm not championship Chuck. I'm not gonna go by that. <laughs> They're such characters, man. And it's just fun seeing them too, and the addition of Dwayne Wade on that panel. Everybody I I love that, especially again during the three point contest, as you heard in the beginning. That's just fun chemistry that you can tell that these guys are out there having fun. The whole panel already is super talented with the addition now of Dwayne Wade. I just think it gets even better. Yeah, I love I love Dwayne Wade on there, but I also love I really love Candace Parker on on the TNT show now because their crew with you know her, D Wade, uh, Shaq, and the host. Um, what's his name? Blanking on his name. Is it Adam? Uh, oh yes, I feel horrible because Adam I... left. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but that's a good group, you know, and Shaq is obviously there for like the jokes and stuff and his his out of line things, you know, which uh, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. You know, Dwayne Wade, you know, is obviously a guy who's played champion, um, brings great knowledge. But Candace Parker, man, really goes into like the X's of o and O's of the game. You hear it talking about like, you know, the pick and rolls, uh, you know, de- defensive coverage and why switching is not OK and this and that. And like she's called out Shaq a couple of times on things, too. You can tell Shaq's just like, Shaq just always try. You know, Shaq he always tries to bring it back. Like, well, I got rings. I got rings. Like, I got the rings. Like, okay, yeah, we know, dog. But like, do you know the? Do you like actually like know the game? Like, we know you were great. Like, the game's changed since you've left. You know, and Candace Parker is, uh, you know, great analyst. I'm glad they have her on that show. Adam Lefko. Adam Lefko, correct. Adam yeah, Lefko thank you. is the guy. We just just found that right now. And uh, yeah, Shaq actually is is good. Um, I'm not sure if you listened to this yet. It was an episode I think he did about a, a year-ish so ago, Conan O'Brien, with his podcast, and he talked to Charles Barkley. And, and Charles would say, he's like, I know I won an argument with Shaq because he'll start just bringing out the – whenever he starts talking about the rings, that's when Charles Barkley knows that he's won the argument about <laughs> basketball is when Shaq just starts talking about it. He's like, well – well, you don't you don't have as many rings as me. That's a really bad Shaq impression, but that's just the best I could do right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's better than mine. So, uh, you know, uh, but that is true. Shaq once once he goes to the rings, you know he's cornered. It's all it's all he can go to, you know. But dude, I'll give I'll give Shaq this. He is like, he's like the the heart and soul of that show in regards to like the the comedic side. Oh, it's- like he always he's so out of pocket and like he. I swear like the past month, every single night I've watched on like on Tuesday nights or Thursday nights, he's always said something that like, I, it'll literally put me in tears. I'm like, dog, Shaq is like so dirty, dude. Dude, like <laughs> it, not, not any of uh, the, some of, I know some of his toilet humor too. And it, just the guy is just so off the cuff. Like, it's just crazy how he comes up with these things. One of my favorite moments actually was when he retired. And I love going back to that press conference when he's, he's just sitting up there and then all of a sudden he starts and he's somebody comes up and they're just like he's like, Who's this? He's like they tell him and he, he goes on the phone, he's like, Hello, yes. You want me to apply for the New York Knicks job? All right, I'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was just great. I mean, he's just a character and, and we always knew, um I mean I we we got to catch him part of like more towards the end of his career, but he was just still dominant, honestly. Um so 
I mean, it, it was just really fun watching him. Actually, honestly, actually, now that I think about it, I mean, he was in the league for a while. We missed his Orlando Magic days more so. Um, and Yeah, was, caught some of the Laker days, you exactly. know, like a little bit of it. And, uh, yeah, most dominant player ever, if you ask yeah. me. Like, just physically imposing. You just, like, you could not stop him. Exactly, exactly, Sandeep. Well, as we wrapped up just talking about NBA All-Star coverage, we've still got the second half of the NBA regular season down to the stretch I'm curious to know what are some headlines that are sticking out to you right now for as we talked about the Utah Jazz they've got a good team Quinn Snyder is doing a great job coaching this team best team of the NBA do you think it's going to stick what what else stands out to you coming in the second half well you know trade deadline right around the corner March 25th and rumors are spiraling um you know, Andre Drummond could either get traded or bought out. Uh, we saw Blake Griffin obviously get bought out and signed with the Nets. Victor Oladipo was supposedly like, you know, connected to the Warriors. And so uh, there's there's going to be a lot of stuff going on over the next like couple weeks. Um, Aaron Gordon, another guy who's uh, out right now with his, an ankle injury, but he might have might have played his last game in Orlando already because there's a few teams that are interested in him. So gonna be it's gonna be fun you know to see what guys get kind of moved around um you know what teams are making moves i think the celtics are definitely going to be big buyers at the at the deadline uh the lakers are looking to pick up some guys in the free agent market uh, or in the buyout market and andre drummond is one of the guys they're looking at if he gets bought out like he could he could end up on the lakers um and you know regards to the second half of the season it's going to be about guys you know just teams got to stay healthy obviously as best they can I think the the break was good for the you know the for the teams to be able to regroup and you know coaching staffs can tell their players like hey the second half of the season like no you guys, you guys got to really do your best to like not go out and avoid con you know avoid contact with anybody because like we don't, you can't have any more of these situations right where your guys are missing games because things like that eventually will factor into like wins and losses and it could be the difference between making the playoffs or not. And that's the last thing you want, right? You know, Luka Doncic, before the season started, said the team that stays the healthiest and takes this thing the most seriously is the team that's going to win the most games, you know, or have the best season. And so he's right. And, you know, the Jazz, I think it wouldn't surprise me if they if they finish at the top of the top of the Western Conference because they are a good team, you know, and they're well coached. Like you mentioned, Quinn Snyder's done a good job with this group. The Suns, man, like we, people like – if you haven't watched the Suns play, you should because they're really fun to watch. They move the ball extremely well. They got a great backcourt with CP3 and Book. Um, DeAndre Ayton is, you know, playing playing great inside the paint. And then they just guard so well. Like they can – a lot of their guys can switch, you know, in multiple positions. Um, they they get after it on the boards. They get in passing lanes. Mikel Bridges is taking a step up for that team this year. And so – it's yeah, it's just gonna be interesting to see, you know, as guys come back from injuries too, like who's gonna make the impact, um, you know, for their teams. And as we move down the stretch, it it is gonna be interesting too, because as we get to the playoffs, we saw an interesting thing as players got into the bubble. I mean, for the most part, it was a playoff format. This is just gonna be outside of maybe some stadiums that have some fans. For the most part, it's gonna be empty stadiums, but it's still gonna be traveling. Um, in in this in this case now, and it's it's gonna almost feel like a regular playoffs, and and that was the cool thing, and and hopefully we can uh, talk about this some more down the stretch. But 
just the difference between what the bubble playoff was versus what it is now. I mean, it's it kind of forms different brotherhoods and all that. That's why you saw like Miami and Boston really come together. That's why you saw Miami just make that amazing run into the NBA Finals. But again, it's just going to be a different landscape because we are slowly getting back to that normalcy. And as I look at the standings, too, you mentioned the Suns, the second seed right now. If the playoffs started today, they'd be the two seed at 24-11, and 11, currently riding a four-game win streak, too, into that. It's a great way to end the break. And the Jazz, once again, at the top. Your Lakers right now at the three. But as we look over, the Eastern Conference is a little bit of a different story. You've got the 76ers, Nets, and Bucks, who most people were expecting to be the top three contenders. And you got the Celtics at four, but when it goes down, honestly, even from four to ten, you've got teams that are separated maybe by three, three, four wins and losses each. So it can honestly, just to put it out there, it could be a crapshoot for the four through eight seeds in the Eastern Conference. Not necessarily uncharacteristic, but still pretty big because these are some solid teams out there and, and you never know what could happen when you get in the playoffs. Yeah, and you know, and just a reminder for uh, you know for all those listening, this year it's a different playoff format. So you have ten ten teams making it on each side. You know, in the bottom, uh, I think six through ten, the four, final four teams are going to be like a play-in format, and which is going to be kind of adds like a new element too. You know, and so that's going to be exciting. You get a couple more teams that get a chance to get in. You know, but like you said, like the the standings are very tight. You know, after those top top three teams in the East, like the Celtics and the Pacers, who are the you know the fifth and the or the fourth and the tenth seed respectively, they're only separated by two and a half games. Like it's close, and that's why all these games are going to be super important. You know, you can't take nights off in this league because every team is is fighting for something, and teams know like all you have to do is crack the ten, the top ten, and you're in the playoffs now. And it's going to be, I think the the, the quality of, of basketball is going to get even better during the second half of the season. I'm super excited about it. And as we talk about, too, one of the things that we didn't even mention with All-Star because of some substitutions, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons having to sit out after a barber who was connected to both of them tested positive for COVID-19. As I just checked right now, though, too, there's a report saying that they are currently finishing out seven-day quarantine period. does not look like that they had tested positive. So good thing to hear that both of those players are – are totally okay, at least from what it sounds like, especially with this season that Joel Embiid is having. I love the guy, honestly. Uh, I remember when I did freelance, I got to cover the 76ers, my favorite moment to him, when the whole media scrum was finished up around him. I just said, I just said straight up to him was just trust the process. He says it right back to me, and we go our separate ways. But um, overall, just great watching Joel Dude, Embiid. Get that tatted. Exactly. You got to get that tatted. I think I might because I adopted that. Pro- I, I, I love adopting that mantra. And, and just, like, the, the demeanor that he has. I remember, actually, when he came back, I forgot what he did uh, to his face, but he had, he had like, his carbon mask, and uh, he kept quoting Bane from uh, The Dark Knight Rises. He's like, no, <laughs> no one cared who I was until I put on the mask. I was like, man, the, the dude's a character. That's so funny. He loves the game. <laughs> he enjoys the game. And um, it's, it's just fun, one, to watch him. And, and when he's taking over at the level that he is, it's good to know that he's uh, hopefully going to be returning back healthy and, and with nothing really to um, to affect him as as he makes a legitimate run for an MVP. Yeah, you know, he's um, he's definitely number one on my leaderboard right now for the MVP award. You know, his his numbers are incredible off the charts, and he does it. 
he scores from like all over the court. Like he can he can back guys down in the paint and just absolutely play bully ball. And then he can hit the mid-range and he has a little bit of the, the dream shake in his game, you know, in the post. And then he can step out and hit the three, you know. And I like that he's taking less threes this year too. Like he knows his size is so much of an advantage when he gets down to like the mid post and low post areas. And he's been doing that more. And, you know, I love seeing the, I love, I'm an, I'm an old school, old school kind of guy when it comes to basketball, I like seeing, I like seeing two big guys just go at it in the paint, you know? So anytime there's, there's games on between like the Sixers and the Lakers or, you know, the, the nuggets and the, and the jazz, and you see some of these top bigs going at it, it's so fun to watch. And, and beat also as good as he is on offense, he's he's as great as on the other side too on defense. You know he's the anchor for that for that team, and um, you know he's he's definitely I think the the leading candidate for MVP. Well, before we switch things up, one headline that actually just came back that was dropped during All Star Weekend was that the after passing waivers nobody claimed him. Blake Griffin is now signing with the Brooklyn Nets. Sandeep, what does that mean for this team? Do you see them becoming an even more legitimate contender? Are are they legit, or is this just going to be one of those uh, big hype teams that that just doesn't meet expectations? Where do you see this? Uh, where do you see this signing? They're they're definitely legit, you know. And uh, picking up Blake, look, I know he hasn't dunked in like a year and a half or two two years, like in a game now. The athleticism is not what it used to be. We we all know that, but Blake Griffin is still a really good offensive player. He can he can shoot the ball. Like his shooting has improved dramatically, you know, over the past few years. And since he entered the league, he can step out and be a perimeter threat. He's a good ball handler for a big man. And he's a really, really talented passer, you know, from the from the front court. And it's a guy who you can you can use in pick and rolls. He can bring the ball up on the, you know, on the fast break. You can run action through him at the top of the at the top of the key and so there's going to be a lot of a lot of different things you'll see him uh, integrated in, you know, in the Nets offense. Now, on the flip side, he's not obviously known as a great defender, and that's still the area of the the Nets the Nets team where they have to get better on, get better on is you know the defensive side of the ball. So we saw during uh, you know the past couple of weeks the Nets at some point I think they were riding like an eight game win streak, and that was with Kevin Durant out of the lineup too. So it was impressive, and when they when they try, they can definitely lock in. We just have to see if Blake Griffin can, uh, you know, buy into that scheme and if he's okay with just playing, you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes a game. Um, and, you know, when it comes down to crunch time, can he can he be uh, an asset, not a liability on the court when, it, you know, when it comes down to to getting stops? So it's, it's I think it's a good signing. You know, it's a, he can he can still play and he has a lot to prove. Um, and, you know, it's a, they needed a small ball center and so he fit he fits into that need right away and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how steve nash gets him integrated into the system you've got to get a sh i've got to give a shout out though to uh daniel tran one of our friends uh through aj and also in our our big group chat as he was mentioned when blake griffin was signing or was announced that blake griffin was going to sign with the nets he's like ah yes just from going to uh losing games uh, with a hundred or giving up 116 points to giving up 118 points now so those are uh those are dan's <laughs> true words right there but you know regardless it's going to be interesting it's going to be fun obviously when you have blake griffin james harden kevin durant and kyrie irving all on the same roster hopefully they'll all be healthy uh, at the same time that's uh that would be 
that would be something ideal. But on paper, looks good. And as you said, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially coming into the second half. Well, Sandeep, as we want to audible now, going into some more news that's just been happening throughout the week, the Cowboys-Dak Prescott fiasco, which I feel like has just been an ongoing headline, I believe we have finally reached its point to a good point where so many people have been saying, pay the man, pay the man, pay the man. The Dallas Cowboys finally have paid Dak Prescott, agreeing to a four-year, $160 million contract. That's $126 million guaranteed. Sounds pretty nice. With a signing bonus of $66 million, the highest in NFL history, with a record of $79 million due in year one. And the first three years average out about to $42 million. I realize that's a lot of numbers, but that's the point here. Those are some big, big numbers, and I think this is really good for Dak Prescott. Maybe this is more of my fantasy football mindset, that this guy definitely deserved the payday. This guy is a grinder. He works hard. I always appreciate everything he does. He's a versatile quarterback. The Cowboys, I felt like to an extent, did what they could to draft not the sexiest names, but when it came down to it, making sure that they had that line built. And unfortunately, you saw those cracks not only slowly get exposed, but they those cracks were open and then they just got ripped apart. That's what the Cowboys season kind of went with last year. Great offense on paper. They need to meet expectations. So, But I do feel like that committing to Dak Prescott finally long-term and giving him that payday, that's a phenomenal start for them. Yeah, no, I'm super happy for him. He he deserves every single penny he got from Jerry Jones. Like he should have got paid last year. Like this this contract shouldn't even have come down to this offseason. And you know, he obviously suffered a major setback with that that broken broken leg injury he had. And it was gruesome. Like I watched it live when it happened during the game. And I immediately just my first thought when that happened was like, dude, F F Jerry Jones. Like he should have paid him. And this is why this is why guys look for security in long-term deals. And, you know, because NFL, unlike, you know, a sport like the NBA or or, or an MLB where contracts are fully guaranteed, NFL is dangerous. Like these guys take take so much contact and they can get hurt on literally any single play. And, you know, because all their money isn't guaranteed, it's obviously owner owners benefit from that. And I'm glad. So I'm glad he got cashed out. And now it's you know, I'm hope hopefully he's uh, he comes back 150% healthy, and now he's uh, not only does he have to deliver, but the team you know has to make sure they they really lock in during this draft because last year first round like they took CD Lamb and CD Lamb is a great player, he's a guy who I, I wanted the Niners to take, um, but the Cowboys didn't really need a wide receiver at the time. Like they have Amari Cooper, they have uh, um, Michael Gallup, Devin Schultz, Michael Gallup. Yep. Even, they got weapons. You know, they got Zeke, obviously, and they didn't need a receiver. It's like add to your defense because then you see them like over the first few weeks, they gave, they gave up like a record amount of points through the first like five, six weeks of the season. And it, this this upcoming draft next month is going to be really important for them. Exactly. Defense, I, I think, is their big thing because I, I was just talking about this with my dad with the Dallas Cowboys. The, the big game that kind of defined what their whole season was was that Cleveland Browns game. The, there's there's no doubt about it. Was it an exciting game? Sure, because it was a crazy Texas shootout where they didn't end up pulling it out. But their defense did absolutely nothing to try to save them. Their defense gave up what felt like it was going to be a comeback for Dallas all of a sudden. Turned out to just be the continuous blowout that Cleveland was just displaying in Jerry World when 
uh, Odell Beckham Jr. broke was I think like a fifty something yarder on a on a screen pass. That was just what that game felt like to me, and and it was just disappointment in that defensive collapse. Really, I can't even say the defense collapsed because they really had no defense to begin with. There was no there was no Dallas defense at all last season. So again, not to rain on this parade with Dak Prescott, that's a great thing to do and invest in your offense. Now, if if you're Jerry Jones and if you're everybody in the Dallas Cowboys organization, step up and start thinking about what's wrong with your defense. Where where do you go from there? Yeah, like I said, it just comes back to the draft and then free agency as well. You know, this team really has to look at that side of the ball. Uh, you know, they did turn things around second half of the season. I'll give them credit for that. Uh, they did, you know, start to lock in and their the amount of points they were giving up, um, you know, did drop off during the second half. So that was, you saw the fight from the guys, you know, and it was good to see. Um, but that coming back is, I think, I'm sh- um, I'd put my money on it that the players are happy about it. You know, they, he seems like he's a really team friendly guy and gets along with everybody. And, you know, that's a leader of that, uh, the leader of that team. And so, if they want to make a, if they want to be serious this year, uh, you know, you have your weapons on offense, your quarterback situation, which was the biggest thing they needed to address, it's been addressed. So now, add guys, add playmakers on the other side of the ball. You know, make the get the guys the pass rush, um, the secondary, the the middle, right, the linebacker, linebacking crew. Everything has to be, has to be um, on point. And luckily for them, they play in the the weakest division in the NFL, so it's going to be for the taking. Yeah, exactly. Some teams are just starting to prepare for the draft, whether it's franchise tagging, still seeing what uh, what everybody's doing. And talking about quarterback pay, it's really good to see that Dak Prescott got his payday. But one of the guys that's out there who has appeared so far, well, actually one of the teams that he wants to go to is now technically knocked off that list unless he wants to be the backup. Russell Wilson's top three, now if we want to look at this, I believe it's, uh, it's Las Vegas – now I'm blanking on the second one because I don't want to say my team third or second. Was it the Jets? No, it wasn't the Jets. Was it Miami? Oh, gosh. Now It's one of those two teams. Well, anyway. I want to say I, I could, could have sworn it was the Jets. Well, I'll just skip to it and just say the Chicago Bears are one of the teams, and we talk about that as the Bears are allegedly trying to make a run for Russell Wilson. And Sandeep, I've said this to you, and I said this over text. I actually think this people are going to think I'm crazy, but I do see the Bears potentially getting Russell Wilson. The reason why I say that is because the Bears have just been this organization that just feels like they need to overpay to get it. They're good. They can get the superstar. Don't get me wrong, but they're definitely going to overpay. And that's why I feel like Seattle feels like they would need to jump on this. This is all hypothetical. This is a hypothetical. I feel like that the Bears, once again, will put this big package that that they'll see. Ryan Pace will be like, oh, yes, this is it. We've got Russell Wilson. Yes, you've got Russell Wilson, but what did you lose as a result of it? And I feel like they're going to lose too much. By the way, we were both wrong. The, The last team was the Saints. Oh, that was it. That might be interesting. The Saints would be interesting. That would be interesting. Yes. That would be interesting. So we you know, totally but, remember. Yeah, you and I were kind of, yeah. you and I were, you and I were chatting about this a little bit earlier, but the Bears are realistic. Um, they have, they do have some assets, you know, they, they, they can throw to Seattle and they would take a lot of them. But as I was, you know, saying, 
anytime you have a, a guy who's as good as a Russell Wilson, who in my opinion is a top five quarterback, trust me, I know I'm a Niners fan. Like he's, he's terrorized this since he, since he's entered the league. So I can tell you that guy is really good. If he's not only possibly going to be available for trade, but is also um, wanting to play for your team, like you have to make some moves and get it done because your quarterback situation over in Chicago has not obviously been great as you, as Bears fans, you guys know better than I do. And, you know, Mitch, he did like, he did play well a little bit toward the end, but his time is kind of up and Nick Foles, the Super Bowl magic was not there last year. So a guy like Russell Wilson, who can still probably play for another like five to six years with the defense you guys have, you got a few weapons on offense, you know, um, he would elevate that team into an instant contender as simple. That's as simple as it is. So in taking the, as you mentioned, the, the 49ers fan, let's, let's take 49ers fan Sandeep out of the equation real quick. I want to ask you though, do you think that Russell Wilson putting this information out there and now with the Dak Prescott news, do you think it's more of a leverage for him to get more money versus him wanting to go to a new setting? I don't think it has anything to do with money already. Cause honestly, he already got, he already got a fat contract extension, I think like a year or two ago. And that's what people were kind of like criticizing him for because he didn't really need to take like as much as he did. And if he didn't, they probably could have put like a better offensive line in front of him and, you know, gave him some more support and look, yeah. Like I know I just said a few minutes ago, you want to get as much money as you can if you're a player, you know, because you can get hurt and everything, but the same time you've seen other guys you know take pay cuts before because they want to play in a winning situation or it gives team room teams like flexibility to add you know bigger free agent name free, bigger free agent guys and so i don't think it has anything to do with money like if russ wants to win he should either one maybe renegotiate or restructure his contract you know and maybe like give a little bit of it back because he puts, he makes plenty of money off the field too with his endorsements and he doesn't really obviously need all that. Um, but if, if he wants to keep his money, then trade is trade is probably the best way to go. If he's still trying to win too, you know, and if you're Seattle, you just got to consider like the pay that where are we at right now? Because you're still in division with the Niners, the Rams and the lions uh, or not the lions, sorry, the, the Cardinals, you know, Cardinals are getting the Cardinals are getting better. The Rams got better by adding Stafford. Uh, Niners are going to be healthy this year, and so Seattle's right now the worst team in that division. You know, come the season start, and they're not gonna they don't have much uh, cap room left too. And um, it's either it's either structure restructure his contract if he's willing to do it, or or trade him, and you know, and I guess just start a rebuild. I'm sure the 49ers fan once again, Sandeep is uh, wouldn't be too upset if I made this type of statement or ask you this type of statement, take but, him, please. <laughs> but, um, to, to ask you, so do you, so from what you said, then do you feel like that this might be the end of Seattle's reign of terror? What it almost felt like from the NFC West. We even saw it in the playoff game to an extent that they had this dynamic offense from the beginning. Russell Wilson looked like he was going to be the MVP. DK Metcalf was just on a tear. And all of a sudden, the Rams came in in the playoff game in the first round and dominated Seattle. So do you, do you think this is the end and do you think it really is time for them to rebuild? It's, it, it, I don't know if it's, it's, I can say it's the end right now because 
it just it just depends on if if Seattle is actually willing to trade him, right? Like he's the franchise player, and they haven't come out. I don't think they've come out and said yet. Like he's untouchable, you know. And so I'm sure they have to uh, at the least be taking calls. And as much as you as a team, you never want to trade away your best player. You know, you have to also have to look at the business side and consider, like I said, where you're at. You know, comp- um, the structure of your team. Are you in a position where you can where you can win and make a make a run for the Super Bowl? And you know they lost in the first round to a division opponent, the LA Rams. You know, like I said, which got better this year. So unless Seattle makes some moves to to improve the team, you know, and give give Russell Wilson like it's it's the O line that's like one of their biggest needs is you got to be able to protect him, right? Russ has been, I think, one of the most pressured and most sacked quarterbacks um, over the past few years. So unless they can uh, help him out on that front and then maybe, yeah, maybe this is the, the end of the, the Seahawks reign. It'll be interesting to see if, if it is the end of that as we just keep watching. But once again, draft is coming up. Franchise tags are happening. So we talk about the Bears too. They franchise tagged Allen Robinson the second. I think that's an inter- a good move. Don't get me wrong. But why I say interesting is because are they just going to not commit to paying him anymore? Because I feel like that's, an injustice against him. I'm just being straight up. I'm being honest. The numbers that Allen Robinson is putting up are not only solid for a wide receiver one, you've got to think of the guys that have thrown to him in his entire career, and he is putting up those numbers. Just to read off last season. Let's just look at last season that in 16 games, he had 151 targets, caught 102, had 1250 1,250 yards, and found the end zone six times. Let's go to 2015 when he had a career year where he had 14 touchdown receptions, 1,400 yards. And let's put this into perspective. The quarterbacks that have thrown to Allen Robinson are Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles. Those are the three quarterbacks that he has had thrown to him. And he is putting up those numbers. So why are we not paying this man? Team team owners are cheap. You know that's. that's I think true. it's. You know, like you said, a guy's delivered, man. Like he's delivered, and that just shows you that separates a guy from, um, you know, from being like a an above average player to like a, a good player. When you're putting up when you're putting up numbers, regardless of who's slinging the ball to you, like that's when you know you're good. And we saw we saw D Hop doing it for a while, right? Before Deshaun Watson came along in Houston, like he was putting up numbers regardless of who was you know under center. And I, it's a shame that he only got the franchise tag. You know, A Rob should have got a long term deal. And hopefully, to do him some service, they can bring in a quality quarterback, right, to get him the ball more. And then he'll then he'll definitely get cashed out next season. But it's it's a shame that these teams have. Um, this franchise tag option too. Maybe that maybe that needs to be eliminated. And we'll see. Chris Godwin also getting that franchise tag. One of the moves that I thought was pretty interesting uh, from Detroit standpoint is that Kenny Galladay apparently will not uh, there there will no be no deals for the Detroit Lions and Kenny Galladay, and he might hit the market. That's going to be an interesting move. Do I like Kenny Galladay? Yes. Do I believe he's a number one? That can potentially he's a good he's a good receiver, don't get me wrong. He's a great story too, coming from NIU, coming from the, the Mac, but 
I mean, unless he unless he shows some different flashes and, and has put it a different offense. Granted, he was with Matt Stafford. I still think Kenny Galladay is a, is a great snag if um, if you're a team looking for you know a good one two punch. Why not go for him? Big guy too. He's like what six three, six four, maybe, maybe even maybe even taller than that. Wide frame, like he can type of guy you can like throw the ball up to him and. You know, you can like box a box a defender out and just come down with the ball. So I agree with you though. I think he's more of like a number two type of guy. I don't, you know, he's not um, a number one. And I think, but a, a guy like that in the free agent, I think a, a handful of teams will be interested in him. Exactly, man. It's, and looking at this year too, last season down with injuries, only played five games, but still uh, 65, 65 yards or 65 yards, 65 receptions, should I say, in 2019 just under 1200 yards receiving i mean it's that's solid especially from what we know and sorry if mark and soichi are good friends who are detroit lions fans are listening that's in detroit's offense too just to put that in perspective but kenny galladay and also to throw out there six four two fourteen pounds so that's a big guy exactly so again if he is going to hit the market if there's a bigger deal coming from coming his way from detroit sure let it be but if he's hitting the market you got to look out for him for sure. Hundred percent, yeah. Like I said, I think I think a handful of teams will be interested in him for sure. Absolutely. Well, as we start wrapping up, as we get closer to the draft, we'll definitely keep an eye out on some things and see how things are. March Madness also coming up too. Can't wait for the tournament. Selection Sunday is this Let's weekend. Go. I I can't wait. I am so excited for Selection Sunday. I don't like like we touched on in the last episode. We haven't had the tournament since 2019. I'm actually wearing the shirt from when I covered Bradley. Uh, my alma mater in the first round in we were in Des Moines and uh, this this was the shirt that they were selling with all the teams so had to snag that up it's as we just said in the last episode it's fun and I even just love in our, our group chat wherever it is just to engage more in college basketball talk who's going to be the upset team who's going to be the Cinderella who's going to be the big dog number one that's that's going to go all the way whatever it is there's so many different stories that, and I'm just excited that it's back yeah, me too, man. It's been it's been way too long. Like I there's already been some buzzer beaters this week in some of the conference tournaments. You know, we've had games coming down to the end. And so and you know, not only on the men's side, like the women's side basketball tournament is gonna be great too. Um, you know, the the point guard over from Yukon, Paige, uh Paige, how do you I forgot how you say her last name? Um, Paige B, but freshman, she's been putting up all kind of record numbers this year. And, you know, she's really exciting to watch. So I'm, I'm looking forward not only to the, the men's tournament, but the women's tournament as well. Paige Buker's got to keep an eye out for her, the five-star recruit. And it's uh, from Edina, Minnesota. Or is it Edina? I'm not sure. It's one of the two. <laughs> you got the pronunciation, so I'm going I'm to leave that to you. All right. Well, yeah, put put that on me. I'll be the pronunciation king for this one, I guess. I'll, I'll take that crown or or I don't I don't even know if it's really a crown. I'll just take the title. Well, Sandeep, one of the other things, too, that uh, that we talked about last week was the amazing WandaVision finale. I know we, we don't want to run too much time onto that one, but, man, what a what, Dude, yeah. what a way to finish. And I'm so I'm so thrilled. As, as the episode kind of went on, I know we were talking about this, and I said this in the last episode, that I wanted the Fantastic Four cameo to happen. But I'm also happy that it didn't because, as I was saying, as the episode started to go on a little bit, I was like, oh, when's it going to happen? But then I started to realize, well, you know what? I think it is good that the writers focused solely on Wanda or the Scarlet Witch development and her her pain 
with everything that she went through with losing vision, bringing him back. And, and as you saw in, in the later episodes in the series, that everything was just a result of just her bottling in all of the emotions. And that's how her powers just spread across. And that's what created everything. I mean, there's there's so much what what stood out to you from this finale? Yeah, you kind of touched on it too. Like, and we, you know, we talked about this, but nobody has been through more than Wanda in this, you know, in the entire Marvel like cinematic like universe. You know, she's lost so many people. You know, you mentioned Vision, not to mention her brother, and you know, then toward the end, like the, pretty much the whole family, right? And it was just a great episode, man. Like a great finale. They, I love the you know the battle between her and and her and Agatha, and you know they the way that it ended with her using uh, Agatha's trick against her, you know, with the, um, the, the charming, the charming spell where she couldn't do anything in that chamber, right? She created this chamber where it was only since she was the one that created it, no one else's magic would work. It was just, um, it was, it was great, man. I really, really enjoyed it. And it's fun too, because we're also going to have Falcon and winter soldier coming up. Uh, and, and then it's just going to trickle down. I also like that the second, the second post credit scene. So, oh, fun, fun fact. If you haven't watched this episode, you're going to get spoilers right now. So, uh, you're, you're going to get too spoilers. late for that. Exactly. I, <laughs> I figured even like after 24 hours, <clears throat> after 24 hours, excuse me, you're, you're, if you, if you can avoid social media at all costs, good for you, which is great. It's so hard to avoid those spoilers. Even like my favorites are always like, spoil it without spoiling it like those types of memes and they're just like random pictures like mm-hmm. four pictures and people get really creative and it's good um it was like when endgame came Dude, the, out the vision memes the vision memes were amazing oh yes the vision <laughs> those my favorite all, out of all of them is just straight up where it's just like nah me and wanda don't talk anymore that's just, <laughs> it's too good it's too good and it's just like you give you give the internet an inch they're gonna they're gonna run a marathon they're gonna run like three marathons around you honestly in a matter of seconds it's crazy dude yeah those me those memes were so good dude i was i was looking at them all weekend long <laughs> like i just our group chat was lighting up with them too it was hilarious oh it was so good it was so good well ending on um some uh some laughing notes sandy before we uh, go back we teased it in the last episode and now it feels like it's a little bit of story time to uh to end things over here as we finish out our recording we talked about we we started with NBA talk. We're gonna end with NBA talk on a fun story. Sandeep, as you said, the country of Canada is coming after you because of some things that were <laughs> miscommunicated on social media, which happens. It happens all the time. And boy, boy did a lot of people come at you as Sandeep's tweet talking about Pascal Siakam, which by no means and, and Sandeep, I know you could speak on this too, was really more just about his how he plays it was nothing personal there's nothing along those lines unfortunately the fan base did uh did not take it too well so i'm gonna pass it over to you sandeep why don't you go ahead and take it away yeah they did they did um you know they did take it a little a little far it was uh you know that jordan meme where he's like i took it personal it was like that on crack um like basically what happened was like Woj, you know, Woj tweeted that Pascal Siakam was going to be out for, you know, for a week due to health and safety protocols. Now, that means either 
he has COVID or he came into contact with somebody who has COVID and he's, you know, he's going to have to like sit out. So it wasn't confirmed, you know, and I didn't comment on his COVID situation at all. Like I didn't say anything bad or I guess you can be the judge of this, but basically what I, I quote tweeted it and I said was translation, there will be no spin moves in the NBA for the next week. Now, if you're wondering like, okay, what does that mean? The joke is because Siakam is like Siakam's a good player, but he's notorious for like just doing spin moves. Like there's there's house of highlights, like videos, and people have made like memes of him just guys like imitating Pascal Siakam and just doing like 20 spin moves in a row. It's just like it's just a joke, you know, NBA Twitter type of joke. And that's what I was trying to do was just make a joke. Like I didn't say, man, I hope Siakam gets super sick or something, or you know, something I didn't wish any kind of like ill will on him and Canada and you know Raptors fans didn't see it like that. They thought I was taking a shot at uh, at Spicy P and started getting inflamed for all different kinds of reasons. And uh, it was funny at first, and then some people like were taking it personal, like and making it personal with me. And so I just like I just didn't respond to like anyone. I was like, dude, I don't have time for this. Man, yeah. Well, I'm glad that nothing crazy happened. Uh, I remember. I was at Portillo's actually when I texted you. I was like, "What was going on?" <laughs> you and then, me. Yeah. So, hey, man, I just wanted Portillo's, so I really did. <laughs> uh, and then I came home, and then you called me and, and told me the whole situation. I mean, it's just like, whew, that was that was a lot to unpack. But you know, thankfully, nothing too crazy happened. I mean, yes, it was just you know, playful joke, not not talking about his health situation or anything, and just a like I said, mm-hmm. just a weird situation of miscommunication. Of course. Uh, hopefully Siakam is is well. Nothing too crazy happened about that situation, and um, yeah, I mean, just that's that's the best we could say right now. I think, right? Yeah, it's all good, man. It was like I said, Twitter is a place for jokes. You know, if you see things down there, guys, like don't take it too seriously. People are just people are just trolling. People are just making memes. You know, trying to get laughs and stuff. And yeah, some people do take do say some uh, some out of pocket things on there. You know, but in my defense. I really don't think I did. And so I ended up taking a tweet down just for, um, just for like, I guess, professional reasons, you know, I didn't want anything like bad coming out of it. So I ended up taking it down, but I do not think anything I, that I said was, was bad. And if Siakam did end up testing positive, which we still don't know, you know, I hope he gets better and I hope he's back on the court soon too. Um, partly because I want him back on the court and two, because I have him on one of my fantasy teams as well. Yeah, absolutely. So as as you said, Sandeep, we hope he's doing well. We hope he's doing okay. And um, yeah, we'll, we just go into the second half. As you mentioned, a lot of different headlines. We head into March Madness coming into this weekend with Selection Sunday. It's a whole mess of stuff that's happening. The NFL starting to get underway too with the offseason. Franchise tags are happening. The NFL draft is coming up, man. We've got just Champions League. Champions League. That's right. As right before we were uh, recording this, we were. Uh, it was the who was Juventus playing again? Porto. Yeah, Juventus and Porto. Man, it's been a minute. I I really need to pay attention to Champions League again. I have really fallen off. Liverpool has not had the season that they should be. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's a great time for sports, though. It's a great oh, time for sports. Absolutely, and it just feels nice. Good good news with Chicago, too, and similar to L.A. I'm not sure what the Bay Area looks like, but Chicago just recently getting the news, too, that it looks like 15 to 20% fans can start making it into Chicago White Sox and Chicago Cubs games. That is just so exciting to hear. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be like single-game tickets, but it's just fun 
it's good to know that we are potentially in a spot that it feels like normalcy or no- normalcy. I just realized I may, I don't know. I, I just realized <laughs> I made up a word. Normalcy. Oh, you're making up words. Normalcy. Wow. No, normalcy. <laughs> I can't. I'm going to leave that in here. I'm, I'm not going to edit that out. I'm just going to. Do oh, yeah. Please like, don't. Please no, don't. No, normalcy. That's the word of the day. That's the word of the week, word of the month, whatever it is. It's it's good to know, as I was saying after that mini rant on myself, is that normalcy does feel like it's it's slowly on the horizon. You know, we're getting there. Um, of course, still doing the due diligence, wearing the mask, social distancing, all those types of things. And and actually, it is crazy kind of to think about it, Sandeep, that we are approaching the year anniversary of when sports took that ultimate halt. Um, I, I know we're again kind of running on some time here but seeing where we're at a year later is is just so incredible um you think about how fast and how slow time has gone as we talk about that too and just knowing what these months especially i want to say yeah really until the nba got things going in in june july that when we started hearing those announcements that sports were just on hold and it just felt like forever, especially for guys who are in the industry like us or people that are in the industry like us more, should I say. Um, it, it was just crazy. Again, thinking where we were a year ago from this point and, and where we're at now. Yeah, a lot's changed in a year, man. A lot's changed. You know, when the NBA shut down, I think that's when kind of things really the sports world was really hit, right? Because that's when things got serious. And then we saw March Madness get canceled. We saw, you know, the Olympics NFL draft was virtual for the first time ever. And everything got put on pause for a bit, you know, but things have come around, man. Things have come around. And, you know, you and I are both optimistic people. And we've seen, um, obviously, the leagues picked back up. NBA was able to restart. And NFL season went on. Um, Yeah, there were some bumps along the way. And we, but we, we've seen the country at least make efforts to try to get things better. And now we have obviously the vaccines coming out, which has been great. People are, people are getting vaccinated at an increasing rate every single day. Um, You know, ICU numbers are going down, all that stuff. So it's good that it feels like we're, we're, we're almost there. Like things are like right around the corner and I'm hoping by summertime, dude, I hope we get summer back. That's what's, that would be great if we can have, you know, sun's out. Like it, that'd be ideal, I think, for for everybody. Sun's out, guns out, so you could flex. I ain't got nothing to flex, bro. <laughs> we working on it, though. We working on it. Okay, all right. The summer bod's <laughs> on its way. The summer bod's on its way for Sandeep. So you know what? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we take this? Why don't we take this time then to uh, make sure that we send Sandeep off to the gym right now and wrap things up. Sandeep, once again, always great just chatting with you as we continue more episodes of the podcast. Thank you to the listener. Once again, you can find us all over the place on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Pocket Cast, Spotify, all those, uh, wherever you find, wherever you can listen to podcasts. And um, just once again, Sandeep, any final thoughts before we, uh, before we send them off? Wear a mask and watch basketball all month long. Yes, that is right. Make sure you've got a nice, comfortable spot on the couch because March Madness is here, folks. So in the meantime, as Sandeep said, keep wearing your mask, keep social distancing, stay safe, stay healthy, and have a good one, folks. This is the podcast. It's Pablo Iglesias and Sandeep Chanduk. Have a good one, guys.